0: section eleven of the story of a soul by saint therese of lisieux translated by rev thomas taylor this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter ten the new commandment dear mother god in his infinite goodness has given me a clear insight into the deep mysteries of charity if i could but express what i know you would hear a heavenly music but alas i can only stammer like a child and if god's own words were not my support I should be tempted to beg leave to hold my peace when the divine master tells me to give to whoever asks of me and to let what is mine be taken without asking it again it seems to me that he speaks not only of the goods of earth but also of the goods of heaven besides neither one nor the other are really mine i renounce the former by the vow of poverty and the latter gifts are simply lent if god withdraw them i have no right to complain but our very own ideas the fruit of our mind and heart form a treasury on which none dare lay hands. For instance, if I reveal to a sister some light given me in prayer, and she repeats it later on as though it were her own, it seems as though she appropriates what is mine. Or if, during recreation, someone makes an apt and witty remark, which her neighbor repeats to the community without acknowledging whence it came it is a sort of theft and the person who originated the remark is naturally inclined to seize the first opportunity of delicately insinuating that her thoughts have been borrowed i could not so well explain all these weaknesses of human nature had i not experienced them i should have preferred to indulge in the illusion that i was the only one who suffered thus had you not bidden me advise the novices in their difficulties i have learnt much in the discharge of this duty and especially i feel bound to put in practice what i teach I can say with truth that by God's grace I am no more attached to the gifts of the intellect than to material things. If it happens that a thought of mine should please my sisters, I find it quite easy to let them regard it as their own. My thoughts belong to the Holy Ghost they are not mine. St. Paul assures us that without the spirit of love we cannot call God our Father. And besides, though far from depreciating those beautiful thoughts which bring us nearer to God, i have long been of opinion that we must be careful not to overestimate their worth the highest inspirations are of no value without good works it is true that others may derive much profit therefrom if they are truly grateful to our lord for allowing them to share in the abundance of one of his privileged souls but should this privileged soul take pride in spiritual wealth and imitate the pharisee she becomes like to a hostess dying of starvation at a well-spread table while her guests enjoy the richest fare and perhaps cause envious glances at the possessor of so many treasures verily it is true that god alone can sound the heart how short-sighted are his creatures when they see a soul whose light surpass their own they conclude that the divine master loves them less since when has he lost the right to make use of one of his children in order to supply the others with the nourishment they need that right was not lost in the days of pharaoh for god said unto him and therefore i have raised thee that i may show my power in thee and my name may be spoken of throughout all the earth generations have passed away since the most high spoke these words and his ways have not changed he has ever chosen human instruments for the accomplishment of his work if an artist's canvas could but think and speak surely it would never complain of being touched and retouched by the brush nor would it feel envious thereof knowing that all its beauty is due to the artist alone so too the brush itself could not boast of the masterpiece it had helped to produce for it must know that an artist is never at a loss that difficulties do but stimulate him and that at times it pleases him TO MAKE USE OF INSTRUMENTS THE MOST UNLIKELY AND DEFECTIVE. DEAR MOTHER, I AM THE LITTLE BRUSH THAT JESUS HAS CHOSEN TO PAINT HIS LIKENESS IN THE SOULS YOU HAVE CONFIDED TO MY CARE. NOW AN ARTIST HAS SEVERAL BRUSHES, TWO AT THE LEAST, THE FIRST, which is the more useful gives the ground tints and rapidly covers the whole canvas the other the smaller one puts in the lesser touches mother you represent the big brush which our lord holds lovingly in his hand when he wishes to do some great work in the souls of your children and i am the little one he deigns to use afterwards to fill in the minor details the first time the divine master took up his little brush was about december eighth eighteen ninety two i shall always remember that time as one of special grace when i entered the carmel I found in the novitiate a companion about eight years older than i was in spite of this difference of age we became the closest friends and to encourage an affection which gave promise of fostering virtue we were allowed to converse together on spiritual subjects my companion charmed me by her innocence and by her open and frank disposition though i was surprised to find how her love for you differed from mine and besides i regretted many things in her behaviour but god had already given me to understand that there are souls for whom in his mercy he waits unweariedly and to whom he gives his light by degrees so i was very careful not to forestall him one day when i was thinking over the permission we had to talk together so that we might as our holy constitution tells us incite ourselves more ardently to the love of our divine spouse it came home to me sadly that our conversations did not attain the desired end and i understood that either i must no longer fear to speak out or else i must put an end to what was degenerating into mere worldly talk i begged our lord to inspire me with words kind and convincing or better still to speak himself for me he heard my prayer for those who look upon him shall be enlightened and to the upright a light is risen in the darkness the first of these texts i apply to myself the other to my companion who was truly upright in heart THE NEXT TIME WE MET, THE POOR LITTLE SISTER SAW AT ONCE THAT MY MANNER HAD CHANGED, AND BLUSHING DEEPLY SHE SAT DOWN BESIDE ME. I PRESSED HER TO MY HEART, AND TOLD HER GENTLY WHAT WAS IN MY MIND. THEN I POINTED OUT TO HER IN WHAT TRUE LOVE CONSISTS, AND PROVED THAT IN LOVING HER prioress with such natural affection she was in reality loving herself i confided to her the sacrifices of this kind which i had been obliged to make at the beginning of my religious life and before long her tears were mingled with mine she admitted very humbly that she was in the wrong and that i was right and begging me as a favor always to point out her faults she promised to begin a new life from this time our love for one another became truly spiritual in us were fulfilled these words of the holy ghost a brother that is helped by his brother is like a strong city dear mother you know very well that it was not my wish to turn my companion away from you i only wanted her to grasp that true love feeds on sacrifice and that in proportion as our souls renounce natural enjoyments our affections become stronger and more detached i remember that when I was a postulant, I was sometimes so violently tempted to seek my own satisfaction by having a word with you that I was obliged to hurry past your cell and hold on to the banisters to keep myself from turning back. Numerous permissions I wanted to ask and a hundred pretexts for yielding to my desires suggested themselves but now i am truly glad that i did not listen i already enjoyed the reward promised to those who fight bravely i no longer feel the need of refusing myself these consolations for my heart is fixed on god because it has loved him only It has grown little by little, and now it can give to those who are dear to him a far deeper and truer love than if it were centered in a barren and selfish affection. I have told you of the first piece of work which you accomplished together with our Lord by means of the little brush but that was only the prelude to the masterpiece which was afterwards to be painted from the moment i entered the sanctuary of souls i saw at a glance that the task was beyond my strength throwing myself without delay into our lord's arms i imitated those tiny children who when they are frightened hide their faces on their father's shoulder and i said dear lord thou seest i am too small to feed these little ones but if through me thou wilt give to each what is suitable then fill my hands and without leaving the shelter of thine arms or even turning away i will distribute thy treasures to the souls who come to me asking for food should they find it to their taste i shall know that this is due not to me but to thee and if on the contrary they find fault with its bitterness i shall not be cast down but try to persuade them that it cometh from thee while taking good care to make no change in it. The knowledge that it was impossible to do anything of myself rendered my task easier. My one interior occupation was to unite myself more and more closely to God, knowing that the rest would be given to me over and above. Indeed, my hope has never been deceived i have always found my hands filled when sustenance was needed for the souls of my sisters but had i done otherwise and relied on my own strength i should very soon have been forced to abandon my task from afar it seems so easy to do good to souls to teach them to love god more and to model them according to one's own ideas but when we draw nearer we quickly feel that without god's help this is quite as impossible as to bring back the sun when once it has set we must forget ourselves and put aside our tastes and ideas and guide souls not by our own way BUT ALONG THE PATH WHICH OUR LORD POINTS OUT. EVEN THIS IS NOT THE MOST DIFFICULT PART. WHAT COST ME MORE THAN ALL IS HAVING TO OBSERVE THEIR FAULTS, THEIR SLIGHTEST IMPERFECTIONS, AND WAGE WAR AGAINST THEM. UNHAPPILY FOR ME, I WAS GOING TO SAY, BUT THAT WOULD BE COWARDLY, SO I WILL SAY, happily for my sisters ever since i placed myself in the arms of jesus i have been like a watchman on the lookout for the enemy from the highest turret of a fortified castle nothing escapes my vigilance indeed i am sometimes surprised at my own clear-sightedness and i think it was quite excusable in the prophet Jonas to fly before the face of the Lord, that he might not have to announce the ruin of Nineveh. Rather than make one single reproach, I would prefer to receive a thousand. Yet I feel it is necessary that the task should cause me pain. For if I spoke only through natural impulse, THEN THE SOUL IN FAULT WOULD NOT UNDERSTAND ITS DEFECTS, BUT WOULD SIMPLY THINK, THIS SISTER IS DISPLEASED, AND HER DISPLEASURE FALLS ON ME, ALTHOUGH I AM FULL OF THE BEST INTENTIONS. BUT IN THIS, AS IN ALL ELSE, I MUST PRACTICE SACRIFICE AND SELF-DENIAL, EVEN IN THE MATTER OF WRITING A LETTER. I feel that it will produce no fruit unless I am disinclined to write and only do so from obedience. When conversing with a novice, I am on the watch to mortify myself, and I avoid asking questions which would satisfy my curiosity. If she begins to speak, on an interesting subject and leaving it unfinished passes on to another that wearies me i take care not to remind her of the interruption for it seems to me that no good can come of self-seeking i know dear mother that your little lambs find me severe if they were to read these lines they would say that so far as they can see it does not distress me to run after them and show them how they have soiled their beautiful white fleece or torn it in the brambles well the little lambs may say what they like in their hearts they know i love them dearly there is no fear of my imitating the hireling WHO SEETH THE WOLF COMING, AND LEAVETH THE SHEEP, AND FLIETH. I AM READY TO LAY DOWN MY LIFE FOR THEM, AND MY AFFECTION IS SO DISINTERESTED THAT I WOULD NOT HAVE MY NOVICES KNOW THIS. BY GOD'S HELP I HAVE NEVER TRIED TO DRAW THEIR HEARTS TO MYSELF, FOR I HAVE ALWAYS UNDERSTOOD THAT MY MISSION WAS TO LEAD THEM TO HIM AND TO YOU, DEAR MOTHER. WHO ON THIS EARTH HOLD HIS PLACE IN THEIR REGARD, AND WHOM THEREFORE THEY MUST LOVE AND RESPECT. I SAID BEFORE THAT I HAVE learnt MUCH BY GUIDING OTHERS. IN THE FIRST PLACE I SEE THAT ALL SOULS HAVE MORE OR LESS THE SAME BATTLES TO FIGHT, AND ON THE OTHER HAND THAT ONE SOUL DIFFERS WIDELY FROM ANOTHER, SO EACH MUST BE DEALT WITH DIFFERENTLY. With some, I must humble myself and not shrink from acknowledging my own struggles and defeats. Then they confess more readily the faults into which they fall, and are pleased that I know by experience what they suffer. With others, my only means of success is to be firm, and never go back on what I have once said. Self-abasement would be taken for a weakness our lord has granted me the grace never to fear the conflict at all costs i must do my duty i have more than once been told if you want me to obey you must be gentle not severe otherwise you will gain nothing but no one is a good judge in his own case During a painful operation, a child will be sure to cry out and say that the remedy is worse than the disease. But if after a few days he is cured, then he is greatly delighted that he can run about and play. And it is the same with souls. They soon recognize that a little bitter is better than too much sweet, and they are not afraid to make the acknowledgment. Sometimes the change which takes place from one day to another seems almost magical. A novice will say to me, You did well to be severe yesterday. At first I was indignant, but when I thought it all over I saw that you were quite right. I left your cell thinking, this ends it i will tell our mother that i shall never go to sir therese again but i knew it was the devil's suggestion and then i felt you were praying for me and i grew calm i began to see things more clearly and now i come to you for further guidance i am only too happy to follow the dictates of my heart and hasten to console with a little sweetness BUT I SEE THAT ONE MUST NOT PRESS FORWARD TOO QUICKLY. A WORD MIGHT UNDO THE WORK THAT cost SO MANY TEARS. IF I SAY THE LEAST THING THAT SEEMS TO TONE DOWN THE HARD TRUTHS OF THE PREVIOUS DAY, I SEE MY LITTLE SISTER TRYING TO TAKE ADVANTAGE OF THE OPENING THUS GIVEN HER at once i have recourse to prayer i turn to our blessed lady and jesus always triumphs verily in prayer and sacrifice lies all my strength they are my invincible arms experience has taught me that they touch hearts far more easily than words two years ago during lent a novice came to me smiling and said you would never imagine what i dreamt last night i thought i was with my sister who is so worldly and i wanted to draw her from all vain things to this end i explained the words of your hymn they richly lose who love thee dearest lord thine are my perfumes thine for evermore i felt that my words sank deep into her soul and i was overjoyed this morning it seems to me that perhaps our lord would like me to gain him this soul how would it do if i wrote at easter and described my dream telling her that jesus desires to have her for his spouse i answered that she might certainly ask permission as lent was nearly over you were surprised dear mother at such a premature request and evidently guided by god you replied the carmelites should save souls by prayer rather than by letters WHEN I HEARD YOUR DECISION, I SAID TO THE LITTLE SISTER, WE MUST SET TO WORK AND PRAY HARD. IF OUR PRAYERS ARE ANSWERED AT THE END OF LENT, WHAT A JOY IT WILL BE. O INFINITE MERCY OF OUR LORD, AT THE CLOSE OF LENT, ONE SOUL MORE HAD GIVEN HERSELF TO GOD. IT WAS A REAL MIRACLE OF GRACE. A miracle obtained through the fervor of a humble novice. How wonderful is the power of prayer! It is like unto a queen, who having free access to the king, obtains whatsoever she asks. In order to secure a hearing there is no need to recite set prayers composed for the occasion. Were it so, i ought indeed to be pitied apart from the divine office which in spite of my unworthiness is a daily joy i have not the courage to look through books for beautiful prayers i only get a headache because of their numbers and besides one is more lovely than another unable therefore to say them all and lost in choice i do as children who have not learnt to read i simply tell our lord what i want and he always understands with me prayer is an uplifting of the heart a glance towards heaven a cry of gratitude and love uttered equally in sorrow and in joy in a word it is something noble supernatural which expands my soul and unites it to God. Sometimes, when I am in such a state of spiritual dryness that not a single good thought occurs to me, I say very slowly the Our Father or the Hail Mary, and these prayers suffice to take me out of myself and wonderfully refresh me. But what was I speaking of? Again, I am lost in a maze of reflections, forgive me dear mother for wandering thus my story is like a tangled skein but i fear i can do no better i write my thoughts as they come i fish at random in the stream of my heart and i offer you all that i catch i was telling you about the novices they often say you have an answer for everything this time i thought I should puzzle you where do you find all that you teach us some are even simple enough to think i can read their souls because at times it happens i discover to them without revelation the subject of their thoughts the senior novice had determined to hide from me a great sorrow she spent the night in anguish keeping back her tears lest her eyes might betray her yet she came to me with a smile next day seeming even more cheerful than usual and when i said you are in trouble i am sure she looked at me in inexpressible amazement her surprise was so great that it reacted on me and imparted a sense of the supernatural I FELT THAT GOD WAS CLOSE TO US, UNWITTINGLY, FOR I HAVE NOT THE GIFT OF READING SOULS. I HAD SPOKEN AS ONE INSPIRED, AND WAS ABLE TO CONSOLE HER COMPLETELY. AND NOW, DEAR MOTHER, I WILL TELL YOU WHEREIN I GAIN MOST OF THE NOVICES. YOU KNOW THEY ARE ALLOWED WITHOUT RESTRICTION TO SAY ANYTHING TO ME agreeable or the reverse this is all the easier since they do not owe me the respect due to the novice mistress i cannot say that our lord makes me walk in the way of exterior humiliation he is satisfied with humbling me in my inmost soul in the eyes of creatures all is success and i walk in the dangerous path of honor if a religious may so speak i understand god's way and that of my superiors in this respect for if the community thought me incapable unintelligent and wanting in judgment i could be of no possible use to you dear mother this is why the divine master has thrown a veil over all my shortcomings both interior and exterior because of this veil i receive many compliments from the novices compliments without flattery for they really mean what they say they do not inspire me with vanity for the remembrance of my weakness is ever before me at times my soul tires of this over-sweet food and i long to hear something other than praise then our lord serves me with a nice little salad well spiced with plenty of vinegar oil alone is wanting and this it is which makes it more to my taste and the salad is offered to me by the novices at the moment i least expect god lifts the veil that hides my faults and my dear little sisters beholding me as i really am do not find me altogether agreeable with charming simplicity they tell me how i try them what they dislike in me in fact they are as frank as though they were speaking of someone else for they are aware that i am pleased when they act in this way i am more than pleased I am transported with delight by this splendid banquet set before me. How can anything so contrary to our natural inclinations afford such extraordinary pleasure? Had I not experienced it, I could not have believed it possible. One day, when I was ardently longing for some humiliation, a young postulant, came to me and sated my desire so completely that i was reminded of the occasion when Seme cursed david and i repeated to myself the words of the holy king yea it is the lord who hath bidden him say all these things in this way god takes care of me he cannot always provide that strength-giving bread exterior humiliation but from time to time he allows me to eat of the crumbs from the table of the children how magnificent are his mercies dear mother since that infinite mercy is the subject of my earthly song i ought also to discover to you one real advantage reaped with many others in the discharge of my task formerly if i saw a sister acting in a way that displeased me and was seemingly contrary to rule i would think ah how glad i should be if i only could warn her and point out where she is wrong since however this burden has been laid upon me my ideas have changed and when i happen to see something not quite right i say with a sigh of relief thank god It is not a novice, and I am not obliged to correct, and at once I try to find excuses, and credit the doer with the good intentions she no doubt possesses. Your devotedness, dear mother, now that I am ill, has also taught me many a lesson of charity. No remedy is too costly, and if one does not succeed, you unhesitatingly try something new." when i am present at recreation how careful you are to shield me from drafts i feel that i ought to be as compassionate for the spiritual infirmities of my sisters as you are for my bodily ills i have noticed that it is the holiest nuns who are most deeply loved everyone is anxious to seek their company and do them service without even being asked these very souls who are well able to bear with want of affection and little attentions are always surrounded by an atmosphere of love our father st john of the cross says with great truth all good things have come unto me since i no longer sought them for myself imperfect souls on the contrary are left alone they are treated it is true with the measure of politeness which religious life demands yet their company is avoided lest a word might be said which would hurt their feelings when i say imperfect souls i am not referring to souls with spiritual imperfections only for the holiest souls will not be perfect till they are in heaven I mean those who are also afflicted with want of tact and refinement, as well as ultra-sensitive souls. I know some defects are incurable, but I also know how patient you would be in nursing and striving to relieve me were my illness to last for many years. From all this I draw the conclusion i ought to seek the companionship of those sisters towards whom i feel a natural aversion and try to be their good samaritan a word or a smile is often enough to put fresh life in a despondent soul and yet it is not merely in the hope of giving consolation that i try to be kind if it were i know that i should soon be discouraged for well-intentioned words are often totally misunderstood consequently not to lose my time or labor i try to act solely to please our lord and follow this precept of the gospel when you make a dinner or a supper call not thy friends or thy brethren lest perhaps they also invite thee again and a recompense be made to thee but when thou makest a feast call the poor the maimed the blind and the lame and thou shalt be blessed because they have not wherewith to make thee recompense and thy father who seeth in secret will repay thee what feast can i offer my sisters but a spiritual one of sweet and joyful charity i know none other and i wish to imitate st paul who rejoiced with those who rejoiced it is true that he wept with those who wept and at my feast too the tears might sometimes fall still i shall always try to change them into smiles for god loveth a cheerful giver i remember an act of charity with which god inspired me while i was still a novice and this act though seemingly small has been rewarded even in this life by our heavenly father who seeth in secret shortly before sister st peter became quite bettered it was necessary every evening at ten minutes to six for some one to leave meditation and take her to the refectory It cost me a good deal to offer my services for i knew the difficulty or should i say the impossibility of pleasing the poor invalid but i did not want to lose such a good opportunity for i recall our lord's words as long as you did it to one of these my least brethren you did it to me therefore i therefore humbly offered my aid it was not without difficulty i induced her to accept it but after considerable persuasion i succeeded every evening when i saw her shake her sand-glass i understood what she meant let us go summoning up all my courage i rose and the ceremony began first of all her stool had to be moved and carried in a particular way and on no account must there be any hurry the solemn procession ensued i had to follow the good sister supporting her by her girdle i did it as gently as possible but if by some mischance she stumbled she imagined i had not a firm hold and that she was going to fall you are going too fast she would say i shall fall and hurt myself then when i tried to lead her more quietly Come quicker, I cannot feel you. You are letting me go. I was right when I said you were too young to take care of me. When we reached the refectory, without further mishap, more troubles were in store. I had to settle my poor invalid in her place, taking great pains not to hurt her. Then I had to turn back her sleeves, always according to her own special rubric and after that I was allowed to go. But I soon noticed that she found it very difficult to cut her bread, so I did not leave her till I had performed this last service. She was much touched by this attention on my part, for she had not expressed any wish on the subject. It was by this unsought-for kindness that I gained her entire confidence, and chiefly because— as i learnt later at the end of my humble task i bestowed upon her my sweetest smile dear mother it is long since all this happened our lord allows the memory of it to linger with me like a perfume from heaven one cold winter evening i was occupied in the lowly work of which i have just spoken when suddenly i heard in the distance the harmonious strains of music outside the convent walls i pictured a drawing-room brilliantly lighted and decorated and richly furnished young ladies elegantly dressed exchanged a thousand compliments as is the way of the world then i looked on the poor invalid i was tending instead of sweet music i heard her complaints instead of the rich gilding i saw the brick walls of our bare cloister scarcely visible in the dim light the contrast was very moving our lord so illuminated my soul with the rays of truth before which the pleasures of the world are but as darkness that for a thousand years of such worldly delights i would not have barred it even the ten minutes spent in my act of charity if even now in days of pain and amid the smoke of battle the thought that god has withdrawn us from the world is so entrancing what will it be when in eternal glory and everlasting repose we realize the favor beyond compare he has done us here by singling us out to dwell in his carmel the very portal of heaven i have not always felt these transports of joy in performing acts of charity but at the beginning of my religious life jesus wished to make me feel how sweet to him is charity when found in the hearts of his spouses thus when i led sister saint peter it was with so much love that i could not have shown more were i guiding our divine lord himself the practice of charity has not always been so pleasant as i have just pointed out dear mother and to prove it i will recount some of my many struggles for a long time my place at meditation was near a sister who fidgeted continually either with her rosary or something else possibly as i am very quick of hearing i alone heard her but i cannot tell you how much it tried me i should have liked to turn round by looking at the offender and make her stop the noise but in my heart i knew that i ought to bear it tranquilly both for the love of god and to avoid giving pain so i kept quiet but the effort cost me so much that i sometimes bathed in perspiration and my meditation consisted merely in suffering with patience. After a time I tried to endure it in peace and joy, at least deep down in my soul, and I strove to take actual pleasure in the disagreeable little noise. Instead of trying not to hear it, which was impossible, I set myself to listen as though it had been some delightful music, and my meditation, which was not, the prayer of quiet was passed in offering this music to our lord another time i was working in the laundry and the sister opposite while washing handkerchiefs repeatedly splashed me with dirty water my first impulse was to draw back and wipe my face to show the offender i should be glad if she would behave more quietly but the next minute I thought how foolish it was to refuse the treasures God offered me so generously, and I refrained from betraying my annoyance. On the contrary, I made such efforts to welcome the shower of dirty water that at the end of half an hour I had taken quite a fancy to this novel kind of aspersion, and I resolved to come as often as I could to the happy spot WHERE SUCH TREASURES WERE FREELY BESTOWED. DEAR MOTHER, YOU SEE THAT I AM A VERY LITTLE SOUL WHO CAN ONLY OFFER VERY LITTLE THINGS TO OUR LORD. IT STILL HAPPENS THAT I FREQUENTLY LET slip THE OCCASION OF THESE SLENDER SACRIFICES, WHICH BRING SO MUCH PEACE, BUT THIS DOES NOT DISCOURAGE ME. I BEAR THE LOSS OF A LITTLE PEACE, AND I TRY TO BE MORE WATCHFUL FOR THE FUTURE how happy does our lord make me and how sweet and easy is his service on this earth he has always given me what i desired or rather he has made me desire what he wishes to give a short time before my terrible temptation against faith i had reflected how few exterior trials worthy of mention had fallen to my lot and that if i were to have interior trials god must change my path and this i did not think he would do yet i could not always live at ease of what means then would he make use i had not long to wait for an answer and it showed me that he whom i love is never at a loss for without changing my way He sent me this great trial, and thus mingled a healing bitterness with all the sweet. End of Chapter 10 The New Commandment